You're listening to Church on the Park Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. message is entitled, The Way to a Relationship with God. The Way to a Relationship with God. And I'm going to be talking about that. Uh, I'm going to be talking about a couple other things beforehand. But I don't plan to go too long this morning. So Father, I'm asking that you would breathe upon us, that all of us would know you intimately and personally, that you would reveal your passionate love for each one here, especially to the moms. Lord, let your grace be poured out today. Thank you for all the hard work and the love and care that has gone in today, from the setup team to the gifts to just everyone being here. We give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. Amen. Amen. And then pray. You have one prayer. Just put your hands on your hearts, please, and pray this with me. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart. And change my life in your precious name. Amen. I want to start off this morning with Psalm 68, verse 11. Psalm 68, the first verse starts off with, Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered, and let those who hate him flee before him. Ultimately, this is what this is talking about is the demonic forces and God overcomes all the power of Satan. And here in this psalm, God arises and he has victory. And he is the victorious king over death, over sickness, over, again, the demonic forces, over everything that oppresses us. He is victorious. And then we come to verse 11 and it says this. And I'll read it first in the NASB, and then I'll read a translation that I made uh, yesterday from it, reading from the Hebrew. But first, Psalm 68, verse 11. The Lord gives the command, the women who proclaim the good tidings are a great host. The Lord gives the command, the women who proclaim the good tidings are a great host. Now I'm going to read it, uh, my translation here. One of the things that I saw here in the Hebrew is that the grammar is very specific about the women. It's emphasizing the women. So I translated it as, The Lord gives the word. The women who proclaim the good news are a vast army. So I'll say this again. And it is a very accurate translation here. There's, not, and there's no poetic embellishment here. The women who proclaim... Oh, sorry. The Lord gives the word. It starts off, the Lord gives the word. 
the women who proclaim the good news, that's the good news of the Lord's victory, of his triumph, of his resurrection, of what he did on the cross. We'll talk about that more later. But the Lord gives the word, the women who proclaim the good news are a vast army. So today and in these end times, God is raising up a vast army of women to preach the good news. And the good news is the gospel. The gospel is the good news. Those two words are the same. In these end times, God is raising a massive army of women to proclaim the good news. And even in the Old Testament, the Psalms, it makes an emphasis about the importance of women. Those who say that, oh, the Bible is archaic and the women are oppressed have the Bible totally wrong, even from the beginning. Here, God wants to make it clear that he has his women that are a mighty army, that are mighty warriors. And God calls what the world sees as weak. He uses what the world sees as weak to do the greatest work, the proclamation of the gospel. And we know that the first, the first uh, people that preached the resurrection of Jesus was a woman, remember? So God used a woman to preach the resurrection. And there was many women that ministered to Jesus and followed Jesus, and they were all very important to him. Yeah, you have the lady at the well and how God used the lady at the well and all this whole town wanted to come and see Jesus because of her witness. So God loves women. He uses women and they are part of his mighty army. Now, today I'm going to be sharing about the way to a relationship with God. Last week, I shared an infographic, and it was five unconventional ways to share the good news. And if you didn't receive that one, just raise your hand. And Patrick has, there's only a few left, there's about seven left. But if you didn't receive five unconventional ways to share the good news that even an introvert can master, just raise your hand, and Patrick will give it to you. I was supposed to have another one today. Uh, It went to print. But the problem was uh, it didn't get to me in time, so you'll get it next week. But I'll I'll mostly be sharing from this new infographic, but you can see both of them. If you go to brisbanefire.com, and if you're on your phone, you can see this. If you go to brisbanefire.com and go to infographics, there is the latest infographic, which I haven't been able to pass out today because it didn't get printed in time, but it will be in your hands next week. But that, the latest one is the one, the way to a, a relationship with God. But what I want to draw out is the one from last week, which we're just passing out now, is that that first point about five unconventional ways to share the good news, be kind. And when I was talking to people about the infographic, one of the things that was mentioned, I know Donna mentioned it, It was that that be kind was the first thing, and that stood out to them. 
and it's meant to be the first. Uh, there's something about kindness which draws people to the Lord. Be kind. Kindness is more powerful than trying to win an argument. <laughs> so what did Jesus say? In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So that your light, your good deeds, your good works, so shine out of your life, and it's Christ shining through you, that that turns people to the Lord, and it causes them to worship and live a life of worship and glorifying God. Now, I saw this with my mom. And you know I've talked about my mom, and I'm going to talk about my mom still. <laughs> my mom is now with the Lord. And when she passed away, it, it happened suddenly. And I flew straight back to go back and be a part of the funeral. But we had no time to get the word out about the funeral, just a few little messages here and there. And I thought, nobody's going to be there because we had no time to get the message out. Well, it turned out we had a quite a big room. And my mom's... A dying wish was that we would share the good news, that we would share the good news. And what I was amazed about was the place was packed with people, packed with people. And it was because my mom was kind wherever she went. She was at the deli. She was kind. She was at the restaurant. She was kind. She was at the soccer field with people. She was kind. Wherever she went, she was kind, and she talked with people, and she took a genuine interest in their needs and their problems, and she helped people, and she did uh, works, good you know, charity, and all, this, all these things. And so when it was time for my mom's funeral, and we were going to share about her life, and my, my mom's burning passion again was that the good news was shared. And if you don't know what the good news is, I'm going to share exactly what the good news is in a nutshell this morning. But her dying passion was that people would hear the good news. And so the place was packed, and I was relieved because I didn't want it to be that my mom passed away and there was a couple people there because she really wanted people to come to know, know Jesus. And so during that time, I shared my mom's life story. And... My mom, especially in the last uh, few months, she went out in a blaze of God's glory. Everybody that she saw, she preached the good news to. And be, now, for those who don't know my mom, she was dying of cancer, and so she was getting skinnier and skinnier and weaker and weaker. But as she got skinnier and skinnier and weaker and weaker, she became more strong in the Lord. And she would, even at uh, the, last, uh, you know, the last couple weeks, she would have dreams of Jesus in the night, and then she would wake up telling us of the dreams that she had of Jesus in the night. And so she was, because she was dying and because she had cancer, and we were still believing for a miracle. We were, we were believing that she was going to recover. Um, 
but because she was in the state and she's lying on bed, someone would come to visit, like an old family friend, and she would grab their hand and say, let me tell you something. I want to share with you good news. And she would share with them about how you need Jesus to be saved. You need Jesus. You can't get... You can't be saved by your own good works and everything that you're trying to do. There's only one way. And my mom would often share Jeremiah 29, 11, which is, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And so she would often share that, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And she shared it with everybody. So one of the things was because she was in that weakened state, she had a captive audience. So first tip on uh, how to preach the gospel is uh, be sick. No. <laughs> no, I no, I don't want you to be sick. I'm joking around here. But even in your weakness, even in your sickness, God can use you in a powerful way. Don't think that you're limited because of your sickness. Some of God's greatest warriors are weak in the flesh, but they're strong in the spirit. And so she had this captive audience, and people had to listen. And she would share with them. She would share with nurses and doctors. And I'm going to share with you the good news that she shared. So if you see in this um, infographic, it says five unconventional ways to share the good news. First, be kind. And the kindness that my mom had drew a lot of people to the Lord. Again, I need to say that when we had the, the funeral, it was about celebrating her life. And uh, that was a good time. Uh, the next day when we buried her, it was a sad time for me. But the sharing about her life, that was a, a good time. So many people raised their hands to receive the Lord. I shared the good news. I, I shared how the mess, God's message and God's word, the good news, had transformed my mom's life. And because it transformed my mom's life, uh, it transformed others, other people's lives. And I shared the good news, and then I said this at Bible school too, then my pastor got up and said, well, Jill, my mom's name was Jill, Jill Gerhauser, or Jilda, her, her real full name was Jilda. And my pastor came up and said, you know, Glenn shared, uh, but Jill said to me that she wanted me, all, he, she wanted me also to share the good news, so I'm going to share it again. So it was, <laughs> it was a double dose on that day. And so many people at the end raise their hands to receive the Lord. Uh, and again, it started out with being kind. And then the next thing is listen. And I learned a lot of these things from my mom too. I learned them from the, the Bible, but also I saw it in my mom. Listen, then ask questions. Now, I'm not saying ask questions like, are you going to heaven? Not, not as much questions like that, but questions that value the person and get the person to talk about their life. And the person is the treasure that you're seeking. The person is the treasure you're seeking. It's by asking them questions that you value them. 
They may be soiled by sin and weathered by the world, but treasuring them helps bring them to Jesus, who is the master at washing and restoring. So you start, the, the goal in sharing the good news is valuing people, treasuring them, being kind to them, showing the love of Jesus, the love that Jesus has shown you, you're showing to them. And then we get into the Z here, zoom into Jesus and his words. And this is what we're going to be doing today. When they are ready, share with them about Jesus and your testimony. Never Never underestimate the power of God's word. So faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. So this is where I want us to talk about some more. And this leads me to the next infographic, which you don't have yet. I was hoping that we would all have this. But it's the way to a relationship with God. And I have five small steps. And I want all of us to know this so that when the time comes, when somebody asks you, what's this hope that you have, you're able to give them an answer. You don't have to force the message down people's throats. If you are living a godly life and there's kindness and light exuding from you, people are going to ask you, what is this? What, you know, you're different. What's this difference? And then you're going to be able to talk to them. And so knowing the right time is really important because it's the, the right time in speaking to someone, that's when their heart is open to receive. So the first step is this, in a way to a relationship with God, is knowing this, Jesus longs for you. Do you know that Jesus longs for you? Jesus wants a relationship with you. He wants to be close to you. He wants to be intimate with you. Jesus' heart yearns for you. Realize that Jesus longs for a relationship with you. This is the first step. Actually, he takes the first step, the second step, the third step, the fourth step. He takes all these steps toward us. That's why he came from heaven to earth, because he longs for a relationship with us. So Jesus is eternal, but he came from heaven to earth and was born as a man and humbled himself because he wanted to bring people to himself. Listen to Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Many of us will know this. It's a good one to memorize, so when it's the right time, you can share it with someone. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now, all this stuff is not just for someone who's lost, but it's also for us who know the Lord because the same steps that bring us to Jesus are the same steps that we need to uh, take every day to have that relationship with him. And it's first just realizing that Jesus longs for a relationship with us. Come to me. So he wants us to come to him. He wants us to be close to him. He wants to take us under his wings like the, like the hen does. 
with the little baby, what do they call them, chicks? <laughs> Chickies? <laughs> Come to me. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened. He doesn't want us to be weary and burdened, especially weary and burdened by sin and our own efforts to try to please everybody and to look good. He wants to give us rest, and true rest comes from Jesus himself. So that's the first step. Now, you can see this infographic that I'm reading from. Here is for those at home. Here, we, here I am. This, and I was hoping to pass this one out, uh, but you can see it at brisbanefire.com and infographics. And what we're doing through brisbanefire.com is we're building up a whole resource library so that you can use it so that you can lead somebody to the Lord and you can disciple someone and teach someone. So you can take something like this and every, you know, once a week meet with somebody and go through one thing. So you can use this as a tool. They, all of these things that I'm passing out are, are there so you can use as a tool. And you can go to the website, and it's there. And there's all these short seven-minute videos about many different topics um, that you can use to help you to disciple others. So our whole goal as a church is that we're a community that is drawing people to Jesus and discipling them, training them. And each one of you has a part in discipling people and teaching them. You hear me? Yeah. Yeah, amen. So first, Jesus longs for you. Second is your sin separates you. Your sin separates you. Now, this is the hard part to chew, but it's necessary to understand. Embrace the truth of God's word, sin is anything that breaks God's heart. What is sin? It's anything that breaks God's heart and separates you from him. In Isaiah 59, 2, this is from the Net Bible, it says, but your sinful acts have alienated you from your God. Your sins have caused him to reject you and not listen to your prayers. So God wants to accept us, but sin ends up separating us uh, from God. Now, what is sin? Again, it's what breaks God's heart, but you may need to, in, in leading someone to the Lord, you may need to take some time and explain to people what is sin. You can go through the Ten Commandments. You can go through many things, like the first commandment, is you shall have no other gods before me. And we have a natural tendency to make all sorts of idols, to put everything above God. We can put sports before God. We can actually be praying to other different gods. Some people put witchcraft and new age before God. Uh, sometimes it's decent things like family, like friendships, like relationships, uh, like goals and visions, all these things that we put before God, these things that we put before God separate us from God. And so there is a breach in the relationship. It's like, if you can see this as a cliff, 
a cliff. God's on that side, and I'm on this side, and there's a great chasm between us, and that chasm is sin. It separates us from God, and it's, and it's why uh, we are not in that close relationship with God, even though Jesus longs for us. So that's the second step, and that's the hardest, I would say, to swallow, but it's truth, and it's the truth that will set people free. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Some people are angry with God. They hate God, and this causes that separation. So that is the sad news. But here we get to the good news. The cross reconnects you. This is what the cross is all about. Now, when I was younger, I never understood what the cross was all about, even though I went to church almost every Sunday and saw the cross and saw a priest carry the cross. I never really understood what the cross was about until I was in this uh, seminar setting where they were teaching people how to share the good news. And they talked about the cross being a bridge. So here again, we have this chasm. I'm on this side. God's on the other side. There's this great chasm between us, and that is sin. I, if I try to cross, I'm going to fall. My, my good works, uh, my good works, all my effort, my trying cannot help me cross this chasm there's only one thing or one person, and it has to do with the cross. The cross is the bridge. On the cross, Jesus died for our sins. The cross is like a bridge that closes the gap between God and you. Are you seeing this? So uh, let me read the scripture here. Well, before I read the scripture, in talking about this, the cross reconnects you, except that Jesus died to pay the penalty for your sins. His cross is like a bridge that reconnects you to him. So we all need to accept that Jesus died to pay the penalty for your sins. Now, one of the things I'm doing with this infographic and what I'm emphasizing today is that God wants to have a relationship with you in the here and now. And many people have made the gospel all about the by and by, the about are you going to heaven or are you going to hell? Those are important questions, and it's important to think about our eternity. But even more important is God wants a relationship with you now, today. Today is the day of salvation. And heaven is the fruit of having a personal relationship with God now. So it's not like, hey, I believe the right things, I get a ticket, and now I'm going to heaven, I can live however I want. This, has made, this type of message has made America a real uh, basket of all types of sin. Because... Not, not all churches, but a lot of churches have emphasized, especially over the last hundred years, uh, they emphasize that believe this 
And if you believe the right things, you'll go to heaven. But you can live however you want now. It's all about just believing the right things. Believing the right things are very important. But unless somebody has a personal relationship with God now, their life isn't transformed. And if their life is not transformed, it's going to be very difficult for them to lead others to the Lord. It's not going to make much of a difference here on earth. So God is very concerned about our eternal destiny. He's very concerned about us being with him in heaven. Uh, but I want to emphasize that he wants a relationship with you now. He wants a relationship with you now. And the good news also is when you believe in him, there is eternal life. But that eternal life begins here and now and today. So the cross reconnects you with God so you can have a living relationship with him now. Except that Jesus died to pay the penalty for your sins. His cross is like a bridge that reconnects you to him. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is Romans chapter 5, verse 8. He didn't wait for us to get our lives together. He didn't wait for us to get clean. He didn't wait for us to stop hating him. He didn't wait for us to stop being sinners. While we were sinners, he died for us. While he was sinners, he laid that bridge down by laying down his life so that we could cross over it. So the cross is about reconnecting us with God. The cross shows us God's heart of love and compassion and mercy and how he, he wants to bring us to him. And on the cross, we know that Jesus had that cry, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. The cross is about forgiveness, and each one of us needs forgiveness. Each one of us needs mercy. Each one of us needs compassion. And we don't deserve it because we're sinners. And yet, God says, I love you. And I'm going to die in your place. And I'm going to take the penalty on myself. And I'm going to take the wrath on myself so that it doesn't, go, doesn't fall on you. Because I, am, I so passionately long for a relationship with you. So this brings us to the fourth step. And this is the final step, but I have a, a five also. And it's simple. Come to Jesus who loves you. So the first step is Jesus longs for you. Second, your sin separates you. Third, the cross reconnects you. And then fourth, come to Jesus who loves you. Now, I want you to know this so much that you could share this with somebody in a lift, at a cafe, uh, at a, an event, wherever it is. You can have someone over at your house uh, come over, and there could be an opportunity to share the good news, and you can share it with them. So the Lord has laid down the bridge, but it's of no use to you unless you cross the bridge. You have got to take this free gift 
and take a hold of it. So somebody could have bought me this Gatorade this morning. My lovely wife bought this for me, right? <laughs> and it could be she could have bought it. She paid for it. And she said, Glenn, you know, I bought this for you. But unless I go and I take hold of it and I drink it, I will have no benefits from the Gatorade with all of its electrolytes in it. I know the bad name these sports drinks have, uh, but they, they're good for me. And <laughs> As I was saying to Patrick, I have, a, I have a, a piece of my intestines which doesn't work too good, and this helps me get the electrolytes into my body and helps me. Um, but here's, here's the thing. Someone bought it. Someone gave it to me, but unless I take hold of it and drink it, it's going to be of no benefit to me. So Jesus has paid the penalty. He has paid the price for your salvation. He has paid for you to have eternal life with Him. He has paid for you to have a relationship with Him. But you need to take a hold of it. And you need to drink of the well of salvation. And you can do this every day. Every day. So it's not just, again, often we emphasize it's just a one-time event, but all of these steps are steps that you need to take every day. Waking up in the morning and realizing that Jesus longs for a relationship with you. Realizing that sin separates you, and so I need to re uh, uh, realize my sin, confess my sin, and draw near to the Lord. And then realizing it's the cross. It's the cross that reconnects you. But let me focus now on this fourth one. Come to Jesus who loves you. Let Jesus draw you to himself. Turn from your sin and put your trust in him. His blood shed on the cross will wash you and forgive you, making you new. What does John 1.12 say? Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Yet to all who did receive him. So when you cross that bridge, you are receiving Christ, you are receiving his forgiveness, you are accepting his mercy and grace. Now here's another word that a lot of people have problems with, and it's the word repent. Every time Jesus preached about the kingdom of God, he said, repent. What does repent mean? It simply means to turn. It means turning from yourself, from your own way. So you're kind of on this side, and you're kind of walking away, and to repent means to turn. Turn from your own way to the Lord's way. Turn to the cross, turn to his mercy, turn to his forgiveness. Turn away from your sin and turn to him. That's what repentance is. It's a good word. It's not an oppressive word. It's not a mean word. Like a lot of people, repent or you're going to hell. Right? It's not a mean word. It's a kind word. It means, repent means, it means God has opened up his arms to you, the Father, your heavenly Father has opened up your arms to you and he's telling you to come to him. But in order to come to him, you have to let go 
of your own way. Let go of his sin. And he actually helps you do that. And turn to him for his grace, his power. The other thing about crossing, there's, there's the turning, and then there's also the believing. Believing. Believing means trusting. You're believing in what Jesus has done for you. You're believing in who he is. And ultimately, the good news is all about who God is. God is victorious. God loves you. God is kind. God has defeated all of the enemies that would try to separate you from him on the cross. He has defeated Satan. He has defeated sin. He has defeated even our stubborn flesh, which <laughs> resists him. He is the good news. What he has done is the good news. What he will do in your life and what he is doing today is the good news. He himself is good news. So believing is putting your trust in him and trusting that his word is true, what he says in his word is true, trusting that he loves you, he, he's for you. So this is what we need to share with people. It's good news. It's not based on their works, but on Jesus' work. It's based on what he has done. It's not about trying to impress God and doing all these good things so we can impress God. It's not about trying to earn our way into heaven. You cannot earn your way into heaven. He is the only way. It's only through his grace and forgiveness and mercy. It is only through the cross and what Jesus did. And once you put your faith in Jesus and cross that bridge, that relationship with God is what transforms, transforms you to bear good fruit. And now you want to tell others about that good news. And that's what my mom was so excited about. She received the Lord later in her life. And I remember the time I was in Bible school. She said, she said to me, you won't believe what happened to me. I said, what? Well, when Pastor Dennis was preaching, I raised my hand to be born again, and I'm born again. And she was so excited. And because my mom was a good talker, you know, she, would talk, she could talk on the phone all day. You know, she could talk. Well, she talked to everybody about Jesus. She talked to everybody about his forgiveness. She talked about to Jesus, to everybody. And she really wanted people to know it wasn't based on their good works or their effort, but his goodness, his grace, his forgiveness. It was based on the cross. And so keep the cross central when you're preaching the message. It's that relationship. So when people get reconnected with God, it's that right relationship that transforms them then they start to bear good fruit. They will not all of a sudden look like the great man or woman of God. They start off like a little baby. They don't know how to walk. And this is why we need to extend a lot of mercy. I believe there's lots of people that are going to be coming into this church. Now, I believe it by faith and not by sight. <laughs> but we have... Yes, Amanda, you want to say something? No. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
Amen. Amen, Amanda. That's really good. Hallelujah. So I believe that there's lots of people that are coming in. And this is one of the reasons I've been making these infographics inspired by the Spirit and these little videos because we need to disciple them. And we need to teach them. And when they come, they come as a baby and they come with all their sin, even though they're turning to God. They don't even realize how much sin is in their life. They don't even realize how much their life is different from the life God intends, them, intends for them. How are they going to grow? By you being mean to them? By you pointing the finger at them? By you condemning them? No, they're only going to grow by showing lots of forgiveness like God does to us. Showing lots of compassion. Showing lots of motherly love and fatherly love. This is the only way people grow. They don't grow through us uh, attacking them. They grow through us loving on them. They're going to cry a lot. They're going to wet their nappies a lot. <laughs> They're going to smell a bit. But we love them. You know, I was so blessed. This is, maybe this is a little off topic or not. I was so blessed. Yesterday we went out to get Anna some Mother's Day gifts. And little Valerie went with me. And we got out of the car, and she had her unicorn, all colorful, her unicorn piggy bank with all of her money in it. I knew that this was all of her money. And she was carrying it. I said, uh, Valerie, what are you taking that for? Oh, I'm going to buy a gift for mom. But because I knew that was all of her money, I had such a, a tenderness that rose up within me that I said, Valerie, put that back in the car. I'll buy it, and you can give it to mom. And she did not care about spending all of her money. She was not worried about, oh, I'm going to have to spend all this money. She just loves her mom and wanted to get the best gift for her mom that she could get. And what does the Lord see when we have our little money and say we want to bless people with it? We want to give to, the, give to the Lord. We want to give to his house. And my mom was a great giver. She would say to me, uh, I've been storing change all, all, all year, and I got, a, I got like $1,000 worth. I want to give it to the ministry, Glenn, so I'm going I'm to give it to the ministry. Now, this is not money that you use for yourself, Glenn. I'm putting it into the ministry. <laughs> and she would do stuff like that. My mom loved to give. Now, when the father sees that we have a giving heart and we want to give in all the ways that, are, that we can give, it's like he says, you know what, put, put your money away. I'm going, to, I'm going to provide. You may spend it, but he says, okay, I'm going to provide abundantly on top of that. And this is why when you give, it's given back to you. He sees your heart, and you, and you may spend it, but then he says, you know what? I so love their heart. I'm going to make sure that they're taken care of. Given shall be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. It will come back to you. That is the power of sowing and giving. And when you're sharing the good news, you are sharing, you are giving. You're giving of your life, but most importantly, you're giving Jesus' life to others. 
The fifth step is this. So once someone takes that step uh, to come to Jesus, the last thing is this. Love God's word and people to grow. And this is after someone is born again. This is after someone has come to Jesus. When you genuinely believe in Jesus, you are born again. Isn't that good news? That new birth. Now it's time to grow by getting to know God's word. Start with the gospel of John. That's a great place to start. Also build relationships with God's people. Be committed to a Bible-believing, Jesus-centered church. Do I hear an amen? amen? This helps someone grow. This is an environment where discipleship happens. So the last step is you are born again. How are you going to grow? I would add a little one thing to this. Love God. Love God's word. And love God's people to grow. There's a lot more that we can say to people, but this little infographic is just a, a starting place, a place for you to start to share the good news with people. And I hope that this, the message of the good news is so written on our hearts that when the time comes, we can share it with somebody. Amen? So that's it. Let me repeat what I said, and then that's the end for today. The way to a relationship with God. First, Jesus longs for you. Realize that Jesus longs for a relationship with you. Second, sin separates you. So embrace the truth of God's word that sin separates you from God. But then the cross reconnects you. Except that Jesus died to pay the penalty for your sin. He paid for it. So you don't have to earn it, but you do need to receive it as a free gift. We all want to earn our way. But this is grace. This is a free gift. And fourth, come to Jesus who loves you. Make that journey to the Lord. Come to him. Cross that bridge. It happened. You cross that bridge as you put your faith in Jesus and you turn to him. And then you're reconnected and you're born again and your spirit is new and now it's time to grow. And in order to grow, love God, love God's word, get to know his word and love God's people, be connected with God's people be committed to a good church that is going to be preaching the good news. Now, the good news is not just for the lost sinner, but for every one of us because we are all lost sinners. The older I get, I'm realizing how much I need the grace of God every day. So these are the same things that you come to God with every day. Let's all stand. We're going to we're going to pray. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Father, we want to thank you for your amazing grace. Through your amazing grace, you have given us your son Jesus.
And there is a famous verse that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Thank you, Father. You want us to have that eternal life today, your life within us. I want to pray for everyone that may not know that life, that today would be the day that they take that step of faith where they turn from their own ways, their own reasoning, and say, Lord, I'm coming to you. Today, the Lord is extending his arms out. Jesus is saying, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He wants to, you to come to him today. He doesn't want you to delay any longer. When you come to him, what is he going to do? He's going to restore you. He's going to renew you. He's going to give you his eternal life. He is going to relate to you and speak to you and give you hope. He is going to give you his joy. I can't say that all of your problems are going to go away, but you're going to have God with you through, through it all. And you can always come to him. That's why Jesus died on the cross, to forgive you, to reconnect you, to resurrect you so that you could know his resurrection life.